0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times, Woonsocket Call, joined for this episode by Andrew Fonts, officially a PC graduate. It's kind of unbelievable to say that, Andrew, you've been a PC since, you know, it feels like since the, the Bush administration, but uh, here it is. Uh, congratulations, first of all, you are a working man officially. We'll get into that, but um, we'll look back on your fire career and some of uh, your teammates you happen to play with. But uh, first of all, Andrew, thanks for joining me t- here today. No doubt, Brendan. Thanks for having me. So let's begin with going back to what led you to PC initially. You know, you're a Portsmouth, Rhode Island product. You know, you went to Portsmouth Abbey. I remember talking to you this a few years ago that you wanted the Division One experience. You had D3 schools looking at you, but you know, how much was that just you know, you wanted to push yourself, and you knew, you knew that it was going to be a lot of work to be at a D1 walk on, but you know, it was something that you truly wanted to do.
1: Yeah, um, you know, first and foremost, I think just growing up in Rhode Island, you know, there's the the dream is to play basketball, at Providence College. Um, you know, it is the professional sports team of Rhode Island, and so you know, growing up, going to the games, um, just watching, you know, you know the Bryce Cottons the Vincent Councils, you know, those those got Way Me at the Juco, even going to see Vine Gomes when I was really young, you know, those are the guys that, you know, I, I like I thought that was the the NBA. Like, I thought that was the professional sports team growing up. Um, and so that was, you know, the main reason. And then, you know, getting closer, you know, going through high school, realizing, you know, where my where what level I was really at, you know, going through the recruiting process, really getting recruited by mostly division three schools. Um, and then, you know, getting the option to walk on, I, I think, you know, the main difference was that, that division one experience that, that, it, you know, the experience that to play at, play at the dunk, play in Madison square garden, you know, travel over to Rome for 10 days. Um, those, those experiences don't happen at the division three level. Um, and that's, you know, really why I chose to,
0: you know, go the walk on route and, um, yeah, I'm glad I did. What was your first conversation like with coach Cooley and how much did he really spell out to you Like, Hey, this is, you know, this isn't a picnic. This is, you're really going to have to work and earn your keep. Yeah. Um,
1: it was funny. You know, I, I got invited to their, you know, I don't think they even hosted anymore, but they did an elite camp. Uh, back when I was going through high school and um, it was like a prospect camp. They'd bring in some of the guys they're recruiting and then they bring in some local guys. Um, and you know, Brian Blaney reached out to uh, reach out to my dad actually and asked if I wanted to uh, just you know be a filler, pretty much. Uh, you know, they need some extra guys, so said, so "Yeah, heck, why not? Let me uh, let me go. Let me go see see what this is all about." Uh, ended up playing well, and it was really like that day that they were like, "You know, who the hell is this kid? Like, who who, who, who what is going on with this kid?" And uh, and that's when I first you know spoke with Coach Cooley, uh, Brian Blaney, um, and they really you know. They're pretty much like, hey, look, you know, if you want if you ever want to be a walk on, you know, let let's 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 start that conversation. And I was like, and at that point, I didn't really know, you know, what a walk on was and and what their role was uh, on on a Division one team. But I learned, you know, quickly that you know it, it's you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be a high minute guy, and it's going to be a lot of hard work. You're gonna, but you're gonna do everything the team does. You're gonna be, you know, treated like a uh, just treated like a scholarship player without the scholarship, and you know, you're gonna be held just you're going to be held accountable just like, you know, your teammates will be. Um, and so, you know, I, I looked at that as a challenge and I looked at it as, you know, something that I, I was up for. And, you know, I, the rest is history. I, I made the decision to be a walk-on and, you
0: know, I'm, I'm really glad I did. You uh, joined the Friars in 2017, Tom Plantick, another walk-on was on the roster already. How helpful was he in terms of making you understand what the expectations were for someone in your position?
1: Yeah, Tom, Tom was huge. You know, Tom, Tom's someone I still stay in touch with to this day. I was actually with him last week uh, down in New York City. Um, and, you know, he was just – he was a great role model for me. Uh, he did – he was the ideal walk-on. Um, and he was he – knew, he knew exactly how to do everything, how to carry himself, how to, you know, carry himself during games, how to carry, carry himself during practice. Um, you know, I learned, I learned everything from Tom um, pretty much. And, you know, to see his, him be able to get bring an impact in, into a game his freshman year, that, that pushed me to want to do the same, you know, when I, when I grew a little bit um, throughout my time at PC. Uh, but, yeah, he, he, he meant a lot to me. He's a very close friend of mine, and it's someone I,
0: I would probably stay in touch with for the rest of my life. So he was, a, he was a great role model. You were part of an NCAA tournament team as a freshman, and then you guys went to the NIT your sophomore year, and then your junior year you guys got off to a tough start that six game winning streak going into master square garden and, then boom, COVID hits, you know, you were on that bus that day when I guess you guys had to get called off and said that, you know, no big East tournament. Then you find out shortly later, there's no NCAA tournament, just how much was tough to watch, to feel that way, but also for the seniors on the team at that time, knowing that, that that was it for them.
1: Yeah, that, that was a gut punch for sure. Um, you know, that was, that was a crazy time. <laughs> and that, that time will probably go down in history in history books forever. Uh, not just because big East tournaments canceled, NCAA tournaments canceled, but it impacted the lives of so many around the world. Um, but, you know, I think, I think last year's team, speaking about the 21, 22 season, I think that team really embodied what that, what my junior year team did. And we kind of, I felt like what we did this last year, even though there were there was only three of us from the team that was on the the junior year on this year's past team. I think what this team did well was exactly what that team was doing uh, at the end of that season. It was just playing tough, playing together um, and really just buying into their roles. And I saw a lot of similarities uh, from this past year's team with my junior year team. And, you know, I felt like what we did this past year was was almost in tribute to that team because I knew how good that team was going to be and how, how good we could be uh, going into that big East tournament and NCAA tournament. So, you know, it was definitely a gut punch, but um, you know,
0: you got to live with those and, and move on. Yeah. It's like you, Nate Watson, AJ Reeves, you were on the bus that day. And I, I know Jared Byam and Noah Hawkler were sitting out during that time and And you're right. It was probably almost like manifest destiny for you guys in particular who were on the bus that day, who were told to get off and said that there's no Big East tournament. This is like kind of our redemption moment for us to kind of like, you know, atone for what happened, you know, things that were out of your control completely. But then you go back to 2020, you guys all go home, you scatter in place, you your only conversations with the coaches and your teammates are over Zoom and everything. You get back, I think, to campus in late August. I think you're trying to like, almost like piece things together on the fly, not knowing when we're going to play, who we're going to play, are we going to be able to travel, things like that. Just, you know, going back to that, maybe that summer and fall of 2020, just how much uncertainty was there and how much did maybe weigh on everyone as you tried to make sense of everything?
1: Definitely. You know, that was, that was, that was probably the weirdest time for a lot of people Uh, not just in sports, but, you know, transitioning from a working in office to, you know, working on working remotely, but you know, for us, it, it was it was weird. You know, we we all want we we would hop on a Zoom once a week um, just to catch up and talk. But those Zooms got repetitive after you know two three weeks. We, we were talking about the same thing. No one really, no one really was doing anything other than you know work trying to work out in a gym that they could get into or going for some runs, trying to stay stay in shape. Um, and you know, and every week it just kept getting pushed back and getting pushed back and get like the date we were going to return, pushed back, pushed back. And we were, you know, it was, it was, you know, it's, it's stuck. It really, it wasn't great. Um, but um, moving into the fall, we all got there and it was, you know, it was still, there was still uncertainty if we were going to play or not. Um, I know the season get, even got pushed back two three weeks. I'm pretty sure um, that year and it was a late start. We probably missed about six, I think maybe six games. Cause I think we played seven in the non-conference that year. Um, which those non-conference teams are huge. That's where you kind of learn, like you know who you are, how you guys will gel, you know the chemistry of a team. Um, and then you're, and then we were thrown right in the Big East. Um, yeah, it, there was a lot of ups and downs that season. I think we learned a lot um, about ourselves, about about our, about our culture of a program. Um, and you know, you can never never take for granted any any experience. I think you know there's going to be times when Season doesn't go the way you want, or the games don't go the way you want. But it's what you do, you know, following that, the adjustments you make, the culture adjustments you have to make moving forward, that you know, make 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 a make a make a real program or a real organization, um, you know, reach
0: its limits. And then you guys last summer, you welcome in two new players, Justin Mania and Al Durham, and you're able to work out in the summertime. You're able to build that chemistry that maybe. You had no choice but to do, but over Zoom the previous summer, to get on the court and maybe go out see a movie, go out bowling. I know Nate Watson said that a few weeks ago when I talked to him about how just doing those team bonding activities really helps set the groundwork for the close knit unit that you guys were during the season. Not just basketball wise, but also like you know you all enjoy being around each other. How much you could look back to last summer, and that was really an opportunity for you guys that you took advantage of in terms of getting close and getting to know one each other and go, getting to know one another. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's funny you bring this up. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day and I was actually telling someone like they were
1: asking about Justin and Al this past year. And I was like, it's, it really feels like I've known them for five years. You know, it, it really does. Like I, I feel like, you know, I can reach out to Justin or Al or any of the new guys that came in and really just reach out to them, talk, talk to them about anything. Um, and that's, that, that comes from doing, you know, activity like hanging out in the summers, hanging out outside of basketball, um, you know, just any activity really just, even if we're just watching TV or watching the NBA draft together, you know, that, that stuff, that stuff definitely helps. And it carries over onto the basketball, to, uh, basketball floor, because, you know, if I, if I feel comfortable with you off the court, you know, I'm going to feel comfortable with you on the court and, you know, no, I can push you and, and hold you accountable, um, so building that relationship off the court was huge for us. And I, I felt this past year was probably, was probably the closest team I've been on um, in my five years. Uh, just because of you know, the way we interacted. We we would it's funny, we'd sit down in the in the meal room before games, nights before games, we'd sit there for hours just talking. There'd be seven, eight of us, you know, we'd we eat our meal and we'd we end up staying, we'd eat our meal in 20 minutes, and we'd end up staying there for two hours, just you know, debate and stuff, debating who's better. Um, you know, who, who we want in the trade, debate in the NBA, just just funny little things like that. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think those moments um, are some of the moments I'll definitely remember and, and definitely moments that helped helped
0: our team chemistry on the court. Now, one thing that, you know, has become apparent in terms of walk-ons under Ed Cooley is he's not afraid to put them in at any point of the game. Um, I, I looked it up. You went in the uh, 651 of the first half against St. Peter's. And then there was a quote that I found after the Sacred Heart uh, game, the season opener this past year. No offense to him, but he can't jump. He's not athletic. He's had back surgery, but I trust him more than any player I've ever coached. I think under Ed Cooley and, you know, this goes back to Tom Planick, and even before that with Ted Bancroft, walk-ons have an important role. It's, it's kind of like, you know, your number could get called at any moment. Did you kind of, understand that and you know prepare yourself even though you might not be starting and playing heavy minutes that there could be a moment where all of a sudden there could the team needs a spark in the first half and I could and I'm going to be summoned and I'm going to be that guy that has to maybe pull us out and get us back on track yeah
1: definitely um you know I I feel like for every walk on at Providence I can't speak for walk-ons at different you know schools but especially at Providence we are held to the same standard that the scholarship players are. Um, We do everything that the scholarship players do, whether it's, you know, practice lifting, going to team meals, whatever, we always have to be there and we're always doing the same thing that they are. So, you know, I I think that's really where we build the trust within coach Cooley uh, in us. Um, And, you know, it takes some time. Look, I, like, like his quote says, I'm not the most athletic guy. I'm not the most talented guy, but, you know, over time I, I played with these guys for, you know, by the junior, by, by my junior year, I've played with these guys for now two and a half years, you know, and I'm comfortable with it. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable in practice. I'm comfortable getting into a game, making, make, having to make decisions, having to make plays. Um, and I think, you know, by, by my junior year, when he started trusting me more and more and putting me more, putting me into different situations within the game, I felt, you know, I almost knew exactly when he was going to call my name. You know, I could feel the game and feel the feel the tone of the game. And, you know, I, I, I kind of would be able to be like, okay, look, this is probably a situation that I could go in. Um, and that's how you kind of like mentally prepare for it. And then once you get in, it's just playing basketball. I've been doing it my whole life, just like anyone else uh, on the floor. And, you know, I, I know, you know, how to make decisions, how to make smart decisions. I'm not trying to make the home run play or, I'm really just trying to do my job and do whatever the team needs to to win. Um, and that could be diving on a loose ball, making an extra pass, make, getting the hockey assist, getting the deflection, um, getting a rebound, you know. I think where a lot of people mistake walk-ons for or a lot of walk-ons think they need to do to get on the floor is to score, or, you know, make the whole, make, make the home run play. Um, really I just pride myself on doing the small things and doing those small things. The best I could, um, and better than anyone else, and that's really where I think I gained the trust of Coach Cooley and the coaching staff. We
0: can go back to all the big shots from this past season. You know, Jared Bynum, the game-winning three at Xavier, Al Durham hit a huge shot against uh, Butler in the uh, Big East tournament. But also, I want to go back to the shot that you hit in again at Hinkle Fieldhouse. You came in; PC was down thirty-two to fifteen. Buck 43 left go in the first half. You hit a three, 34 seconds left in a game that, that cut it to thirty-three twenty. PC ended up winning that game by one in overtime. Looking back at that, you know, is that maybe your crowning moment in a Friar uniform?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it. It was a, uh, you know, we needed that game to win the biggest championship, biggest regular season championship. I think we had. You were coming on Washington Nova. Yeah, I think we after that after the loss to we had Butler, Xavier, Creighton, um, and we needed to win all. If we won all three of those games, we were going to clinch the Big East regular season championship for the first time. Um, yeah, down
0: whatever we were, what was it, fifteen or I don't, I don't even remember thirty-two to fifteen. You when you came in, okay, so seventeen points, and then uh, and then all of a sudden you hit a big three, and yeah. uh, and you look at yeah. that in a one point game, that's huge. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a big time moment for
1: sure. Um, you know, I knew down 17 points like that, that, that's one of those moments I was talking about earlier and I I'm ready for because that's a, that's that's a a perfect example of coach Cooley throwing me in there. We need a spark. There's a minute 42 left in the, left in the half. We need to cut this thing to, you know, if it's 17, we need to cut it to 13, 12, 11 points by halftime to give us our, give us, give ourselves a chance in the second half. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I was I was ready I was ready in that moment. Um, you know, I I'd take those shots every day in practice, and, you know, it is, I, I had to do my job. That was my job that day I uh, was to make that shot, and I did. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I did because we ended up winning that game, and we ended up winning the next two games and winning the biggest regular season championship. So, you know, that's definitely probably I'll, – I'll, I'll keep it 100% real. That's probably the biggest shot in my life. <laughs> um, and it was uh, – it felt good that it went in, and you know, Again,
0: just trying to do anything that the team needed to win. You know, you were able to celebrate a Big East Real Season championship on your home floor. That's a great moment. But also, too, along the way, there was a lot of out external noise talking about luck. And my definition of luck for you guys, Andrew, is that you guys knew were assassins late in games. People said, oh, they're lucky they got these bounces and everything. I think, and you can probably attest to this, When it got to be three, four minutes left to go, you guys just knew how to close games. And that that goes back to uh, Ed Cooley anointing Al Durham, like Mariano Rivera, the closer of the game. I just feel like that you guys, it was not social luck. It's so much you locked in and knew what you had to do. Do you agree with that? Yeah. You know, just
1: to touch on this a little bit, I'd say luck is just, you know, it it really is what you put in. You know, I, I feel like when you work hard um, and when you put in a lot of time and then t- a lot of time into preparation, you know, yeah, maybe there's a little luck, but, you know, I, I think, I think lucky people are the people who, who, uh, who put the most time in and work and outwork their opponents. Uh, and I think that's really what we did this past year. You know, this team, I've never seen a team in the gym as much as this team. They put so many hours into the, in, into the, into this season. And, uh, you know, I think, Luck is just an testament to how much how much uh, how much work you really put in and preparation you put in. Um, I know you know going down the stretch. We talk about those situations. I would say every day, beginning, we start practice, we start practice with end of game situations, and then with end practice with end of game situations. And so you know, to say we were lucky in those situations, maybe a bounce here, a bounce there, but really, it was just the the preparation of that preparation we had. And that, that's a testament to our, our coaching staff. You know, they they put us in those situations every day. Beginning of practice, end of practice, they, they would give us a random situation and we'd play it out. And that's, uh, you know, that's I think that's just a testament to
0: our preparation, especially down the stretch. You guys went up to Buffalo, you took care of business. What was that bus ride like back home? Because I, I, I drove up there, it's a long ride, uh, but, you know, how much was it just, and then you get back to campus and you see everyone there. And did it hit you that, you no, know, this is a very big deal to a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't comment too much on the, on the plane ride that it was. Oh, that's right. That's the plane ride. I My mistake. I know you, you guys flew back home. The bus ride from, from the hotel to the plane was interesting. I can't comment too much on that. The plane, everyone slept, um, for that, whatever, 45 minutes, hour was back. Everyone was knocked out. Um, And then, you know, like you said, arriving home, that was, that's when I think it really hit. You know, you see all all these great, you see students, you see just fans from from Rhode Island, um, when you get off the bus, you know, that's when I think it really hits, like sinks in, like, wow, we're we're doing something special here. Um, And, you know, we knew we had to get back to work um, to start preparing for the Sweet 16. Uh, but there was def- that day we we definitely soaked it in, uh, celebrated, and it was, it was it was probably one of the coolest moments of my life. Just seeing I had chills walking off the bus, really. Uh, just seeing you know we were just a small school from Providence, Rhode Island now on a
0: national stage, and it's a it's a it's a pretty cool pretty cool feeling. So I'm going to give you a name of a Friar teammate that you played with over the course of your five years, and. Let's see uh, what you say about him. Let's, uh, let's start with Alpha Diallo.
1: <laughs> Diallo. Oh, man. That guy, he, he was probably the toughest. He was probably the toughest kid I played with at Providence. Um, he's a guy you want in a team. You definitely don't want to be playing against him. Um, just just gritty. You know, he knew his game. He, he stayed to what he did. Um, he rebounded. but He took. He made it. He made it a point to out rebound his own teammates on the defensive end. You know, if there's a ball up there, he's going to get. It. Um, and on the offensive end, to be honest, um and he just knew his game. He was a he was a tough player, and he was he was fun to compete with in practice. He was fun to play with. It's just a guy you want on your team. You definitely don't want to play against him. I actually stay in touch with him quite often. I probably talk to him once every once every week or once every two weeks. Uh, he's over in Mount, He's doing he's doing real well. Kyron Cartwright. <laughs> Kyron, he was, he was one of the closest kids I, I got with on the team. He, uh, you know, he was a senior, we were only together for a year, but he, uh, he really took me under his wing. Um, he was part of the reason I took the number 24. Um, he was just, he was a great leader. He, uh, he really put guys in, t- in, in positions to succeed. Uh, on the court and off the court and he uh he was his iq was 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 great it was probably probably the best true point guard i've played with just knowing where everyone should be and where everyone's at at any given moment and putting guys in positions to succeed uh he's doing he's doing well i actually talked to him the other day he's uh he's he's playing again i think he's back in a playing a pro-am somewhere uh, in minnesota maybe um he's coaching so he's, he's doing well isaiah jackson Zayak forty four blessed. He yeah. was he was a man of few words, but when he what he did when he did speak, he was he was it was a very important message that the whole team needed to hear. Um he was a he was a great teammate, worked hard. Um and he was he was kind of a blue guy. You know, he did everything. He did, he did a little bit of everything. Um he wasn't the biggest best scorer, he wasn't the best rebounder, but he would do those things and those those are the guys who need to win. Um, and He knew his role, and he was, uh, yeah, he was a great teammate to play with. Khalif Young. Khalif was, Khalif was a jolly old kid. He, uh, he, he was always, he always had a smile on his face. Just, uh, just a great teammate. Um, really good at defense. Knew his role. Knew to rebound. Played hard. Communicated. He was probably one of the best communicators i, I, I played with. He was, he was, which is important for a big man. Uh, you can definitely. Feel a difference when you're playing with someone who doesn't talk on the defensive end than with someone who does, and he was—he was just a great teammate in that, and and and, and was a workhorse, outworked outworked everyone. Emmett Holt. Emmett was our rock, you know. Like he went through a lot, and you know, I remember Emmett. My first summer, Emmett was healthy. You know, it was Emmett Holt. That was the, that was everyone. And when I walked on the campus, that was what everyone was talking about this guy, huge jack, he's going to bully you, he's going to play inside out. You know, that was the end I really, you know, I, I've seen. And, you know, when he went through his, his health stuff, um, it was tough for all of us. You know, he was our rock. He was a huge presence in the locker room, just a, just a great, always a great teammate. If you ever needed anything, you could go to Emmett. And so when he was going through some tough times, you know, we felt that. Um, and just to see him get back on the floor and play for us, and play at Providence and now still playing. You know, that's that's anything I could ask asked for for, for, for Emmett. and I'm, I'm just so happy for him.
0: David Duke. Duke,
1: uh, hardest working guy I've ever played with. Hands down. No one works harder than Duke. He Everything that he's doing in the NBA right now and what he will be doing is more than deserved. Um, you know, he's a freak athlete. But he was, he, he outworked everything. You couldn't work harder than him. If you tried to work harder than him, he's going to outwork you. He's just, that's that's the type of kid he is. And he's a great teammate. Um so happy for him right now. I'm playing well, uh, going, playing for Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, just so happy for his family. He's, he's just another kid from Rhode Island. And he had, he had a dream to go to the NBA. And that, I'm just, I can't talk, I can't talk highly enough about David B. AJ Reeves. AJ, same, same thing. You know, he's, just a great kid that works hard. Um, so happy to see you got on the summer league with Boston. Um, you know, being from Boston, that's that's probably the coolest thing I've ever heard. You know, a Boston kid growing up in Boston, playing playing for the Boston Celtics. Like, you know, there's there's nothing better than that. He he was always a great presence in the locker room, always had a smile on his face. Um, just loved, loved to play the game. And that's, you know, you could see the joy when, when he played.
0: Uh, and that's that, that's something pretty cool. And he was just he was a great teammate. Nate Watson, someone who was with you since day one that you got the PC. Yeah, Nate's my
1: guy. Nate, I'll I will stay in touch with Nate for the rest of life because he, you know, me and him, me and him went through everything together. Went through freshman year together, you know. Then went through all the ups and downs of the three years in between our, our fifth year, um, and then we got to, we got to go out on top, really. And that was, you know, being able to do that with Nate. Uh, you know, I'm just so happy for him and um he was just he was, he was he was a brother of mine you know i can call me and him will stay in touch forever he was just go through all the ups and downs together and finally come out on top at the end was was pretty cool justin Manaya, just go um you know we, like i said we only had one year together but he he's he again he's someone that i will stay in touch with forever just because of the type of person he is um you know i i would find I was talking about about things that weren't even basketball related all the time, um, and you know he was just he's a blue guy. If I'm a, if I'm an NBA GM, I'm, I'm taking him. You know I'm I'm, I'm definitely taking him on, on a roster spot or a two way, uh, just because you know he's gonna he impacts women. you know he ain't he, he might not be the flashiest guy, he might not score the ball, but you know if I'm a GM, I'm, I'm taking him. He, uh he, he, he wins. He's, he's a winner and he'll, he'll help the team win for sure. Noah Horkler. Noah, same thing. You know, all these guys, our relationships are are um, just so strong. We, we spend every day together. And, and me and Noah really spent a lot of time together this past year. I got to know him you know, very well. He was, you know, he's a that he is a silent assassin. You know, he doesn't say much. Um, but he and he he helps the team win. He rebounds. He makes a lot of shots. Um, he's just a great great guy to be with. Uh, whether it's on the court or off the court, we spent a lot of time together. So uh, he's a, he's he's one of my he's one of my closest friends. Al Durham. Al, he, again same same thing. Like he, he's someone I I can talk to about anything. Um, you know, he was he was he was great on the court, obviously. Um, he was our closer, like you said, you know, if we needed a bucket at the end of the game, he's going to get one. Um, and, you know, again, he impacts win. And he, he can go get, he can get a shot off whenever he wants. He's long, he's athletic, he, he can steal the ball, you know, he can put guys in position to succeed, you know, he can hand deliver, assist. Um, you know, he's, he's a great teammate to play with, always had a smile on his face, always playing with so much fun and joy. Um, and I'm excited to see where he ends up. Last
0: one, Ed Cooley.
1: <laughs> Cooley's my guy, you know. He, uh, me and him worked together for five years. We talked about everything together. Um, you know, whether it's what the locker room's like right now, what he thinks, you know, we need, uh, you know, what, 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 what's our culture. You know, we we, we spoke probably once a week just about non-related basketball stuff that, that impacts the team. Um, and you know, we, we built that relationship up and, uh, you know, he, he's someone like, I will, I will definitely stay in touch with, um, over the, over the next couple of years and probably forever. Um, he'll probably be at my wedding, um, cause he like, he loves to have some fun and that, that would be a fun day. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's someone I can always call for, for anything. And he, and he makes that clear with everyone. Uh, and it's something he's someone I will, I I'll always appreciate for just giving me a chance. And,
0: you know, he's taught me so much that, you know, I can use in my, in my daily life in my workforce. Now, before we get into what life is like for Andrew Fonts post Providence College basketball, I had to bring up the tweet that was put out there the night of the NBA draft. Undrafted province guard Andrew Fonts has agreed to play in the summer league with the Boston Celtics, sources tell CBS Sports. Um you're just you know how funny is something just something like that and you know I, I think a lot of people initially saw that and like really wow unbelievable uh it, it's uh what was uh how did the, did you I'm sure you saw it and what was your reaction to that
1: yeah I actually I actually I quote, retweeted it so I responded to it I said can't confirm because you know I I, I like to you know play along with the joke a little bit but I guess it got taken out of context a little bit because I ended up I tweeted I tweeted I tweeted the response and then it kind of blew up a little bit and I uh I started getting texts and calls like did you like congrats and I was like there's no way people are taking this serious right now are they oh they they did they definitely (laughs) did so you know me hindsight 2020 don't respond saying can't confirm sarcastically um but that's just the type of person I am I was just having some fun with it um. It was it was pretty funny just to see people actually believe it. But, yeah, um, it was just funny. <laughs> I, can't, I, could, I I really just couldn't
0: believe people thought that was serious. But I guess it's pretty cool that they did. <laughs> well, you know, maybe 10 years down the road, you you can say that, you know, you thought about it, but you wanted A.J. Reeves to get that opportunity with the Celtics. And that's why you said, you know, I'm not comfortable with this move. But I have another guy on my team that you should take a look at. Yeah, I think, I think AJ deserves it uh, a little bit more than me. <laughs> so what is Andrew Fonts now doing these days as, uh, you know, you move on from Providence College? Yeah, it's funny.
1: I, um, you know, pretty much a week after the season ended, I uh, moved back home um, because I was, I was just taking MBA classes. I finished up my master's uh, business administration. Um, so I moved home and I pretty much, Started working a month later. Um, I during the season I I received a job offer from AlphaCent, which is a is a market research platform. It's a tech startup down in New York City. Um, I'm on I'm on the sales team over there. Uh, it's been great. I've been working here for working here for two months now, I think. Um, and so yeah, I haven't really played much basketball. <laughs> played some pickup here and there. Uh, taking up golf. Uh, trying to work on that a little bit, play a lot of tennis, doing a lot of running, staying in shape, doing some lifting uh, for Coach White. Uh, but yeah, I'm just working right now, um, and that's really it. Real world's hitting me; uh, it's definitely hitting me. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's great. Um, I'm i excited for this new experience. Um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be at some fires games next season, and probably all of them in the new york city area uh where i'll be moving down to in a couple of weeks now um and yeah it's uh it's definitely a switch up but uh, i'm excited to see you know where it goes and and uh, we'll see we'll see me
0: i haven't i haven't ruled out a return to basketball yet um, well, that was going to be my next question have you thought about maybe in the world of coaching someday i definitely have um
1: i definitely have thought about coaching it's something you know that was part. That was one, probably one of the reasons I decided to be a walk-on, um, is to get the Division One experience and you know potentially parlay that into a coaching game. Um, you know I played for five years. It was a. Uh, it was definitely a grind. You know, there's really no days off in Division One sports. Uh, you get a couple. You get a little bit of time in May, and a little bit of time in August, and then every other. Pretty much every other time of the, time of the year, you're you're doing something. Um, so I think this will be a good break for me right now. Um, just trying something new. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, but I haven't ruled out, ruled out the coaching thing yet. Um, definitely. I've definitely had some conversations with coaches. Uh, talked to Coach Pooley about it a little bit. Some of the assistants over at Providence. Uh, talked to Ladante about it. So, you know, it's definitely something I haven't ruled out. Um, and I will, you know,
0: you will, if I if I do make a return to coaching, you, you guys will know. Well, you, you mentioned LaDonte Henson. He had joined the staff this past year after a great fire career, and I'm sure you uh, saw the impact that he had on the group as well. No doubt.
1: No doubt. Buck was huge. You know, Buck, was, Buck, Buck has played at a really high level. Um, he's played in college. You know, he's played in the pros. Um, he has a great mind for the game. He understands what it's like to play, but he also understands the coaching side of things. Um, yeah, he was huge for us last
0: year and he'll be huge for Providence College um, in the years to come. Well, I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be unusual not to see you on the on the bench this year. Uh, you know, five years is a long time, you know. it's uh, But life moves on, like we said, you move on with not one, but two appearances in the NCAA tournament, a Big East regular season championship, and a sweet 16, it's, uh, it's a career that I'm sure that you you look back one day and say, it's very fulfilling.
1: Yeah, definitely, it was a, it was a great ride. I can't thank Providence College enough. My coaches, um, you know, everyone, all the managers, the graduate assistants, those uh, those around the, the team, you know, the administrators, professors, um, you know, Providence College changed my life, it really did. The past five years were probably the most fulfilling, rewarding years of my life um and everyone that was a part of it was a huge part um so i can't thank them enough and i can't thank Robert what's enough
0: well i can't thank you enough for joining me on the last episode of ocean state sidelines stay in touch don't be a stranger and uh we'll be back with a fresh episode relatively soon we'll see if we can get another one of our andrew's former teammates maybe we'll grab one depending on how they do in the nba summer league uh like you said we got justin mania with the uh with the Charlotte franchise and like AJ Reese with the Celtics. We'll be looking forward to see what those guys do out there.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Brandon. Have a good one.
0: All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you.